You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community healthcare. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Hello. Pharmacy Crossroads listeners, this is Bruce Neeland. I get to be your host. And today I'm especially excited to introduce to you Dr. Deborah Bowers. Um, She's a wonderful pharmacist who I must say I have not met previous to this, nor have I been to her pharmacy, which is the typical, uh, typical way I get to choose who we speak with. But uh, Deborah has been highly recommended to me by folks from the CPESN movement and from the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, and she is really doing some remarkable things. Um, so, Deborah, um, for me and for others, tell us a little bit about yourself, where your pharmacy is, and a little bit about what the operation looks like down there. All right. Well, thanks for having me. And just because you haven't met me before or have been to my store, you're really not missing a whole lot. (laughs) I'm just somebody who enjoys what they do. Um, So uh, I graduated from the University of South Carolina, um, more years than I would like to uh, say. Um, But my pharmacy has been open um, for 19 years now. I opened with a partner. And um, we opened it from scratch. Before that, I worked with a big um, box store and I just wasn't happy with what I was doing. Uh, So I was basically kind of just dumb enough to agree (laughs) to open up a new pharmacy. I really had no experience with it, no knowledge, just 24 years old and knew that I did not want to uh, have my professional career uh, be like it currently was. Um, go ahead. Well, uh, and, and, and that's wonderful. Thanks. So your, your town is what? The name of the store is what? And about how big is the community? So we're in York, South Carolina, which is just southwest of Charlotte, North Carolina. So most everybody will know where that is. Yeah. Um, the greater surrounding area is a population of about 8,000. And um, my store is Yorkville Pharmacy. And about how big is it? How many square feet? Um, we have 1,700 square feet. Uh, that's, uh, that's a cute little operation. So thanks for that. Um, I'm a curious guy, and I always just like to know who your pharmacy system is, who your wholesaler is, who your buying group is. Tell us a little bit about that part of your operation? Okay, so I use ComputerRx for my pharmacy software, and um, I am part of the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance buying group, otherwise known as CPA, and I do have Elevate as my PSAO. Okay, so um, your wholesaler then is Amerisource Bergen, right? Correct, yep, that's who our contract is at the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, and that gives me an opportunity to thank the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, or CPA. They are the principal sponsor of Pharmacy Crossroads, and I'm grateful to uh, Jay Blackburn and, and his team who have seen fit to in, invest in this podcast. Uh, I, I was struck when I talked to Jay a little bit about it. He said, I just want you to talk to people who are doing amazing things and help pharmacies do better. Um, and uh, you're the only, the second uh, CPA member who I've had on the show. So it's good to have you and and thanks to, to CPA and thanks to you for joining us. So um, I, I guess it's impossible to start a podcast in this day and age without asking at least a quick question about COVID. Um, what have you been doing down there with testing and immunizations? So um, we do antigen and um, PCR testing, both same day results, which has been quite popular. And as far as shots, of course, we were given the Johnson and Johnson. But once that was halted, we have been switched to we're doing Pfizer this week. And then we're going to have Moderna, I think, next week or the week after. So um that's been a little interesting, uh, working all of the different nuances out with that, but um, it's been very rewarding to try and help the community increase our immunization rates. Well, and and that is interesting. So you got the trifecta, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, and Moderna. Uh, you got the fancy freezer, or have we moved past the fancy freezer into regular freezers for Pfizer? So um, regular freezer now, um, I did buy a um, standalone freezer because that is what's required, but it's not required now to have the ultra cold. Um, uh, it's 14 days um, expiration if you put it in a regular freezer. Um, so I did not get an ultra cold freezer, but I do have a regular freezer um, that's separate. That's interesting, and and God bless you. So, uh, so what brought us together today is this notion that um, um, you're actually doing healthcare services, coaching, and other services that you charge people cash for. Is there any truth to that rumor? And and what are you doing? There is truth to that rumor. Um, so for starters, all of my testing, so all of my point of care testing is cash. We don't bill any insurance. Um, we have had, we give patients the um, a detailed receipt. And um, I have had a few people file um, for reimbursement from their insurance company. And I have seen some of the reimbursement that has come back to patients and it doesn't even cover my costs for the test. Um, so wow. I, I don't feel bad about, um, charging cash because it's something that's needed and I, I'm not getting into a losing, uh, situation. So, um, if, and when, uh, charging cash for that service is no longer viable, if that occurs, then we'll just stop doing it. I'm, I'm not going to, um, get into that if, if I can't, um, uh, make money at it. Um, the other things that I'm doing is I'm actually charging for our pharmacy consultations. Um, I'm sure pharmacists on here will be able to resonate with somebody comes in, they talk to you. I've, I've had patients come in, not a patient of mine, get their prescription someplace else, but I guess they couldn't get their needs met. And 
I had a patient now I was still working the way my pharmacy is set up is this designed um, that we can still have conversations with patients and still be productive at work. Um, so, you know, we get to know them a lot better because they can converse with us. And so I had a patient come in and about 30 minutes total, probably he was there just telling me a situation, telling me what he had done um, and that kind of thing. And I came to a conclusion of what I thought he needed. And even if he had bought the product, um, it's, it's not a very expensive product. I don't know. I might've made a quarter or 50 cents on the product if he had bought it. Um, but after, you know, taking 30 minutes of my time now, again, I'm still working, but I, of course I'm not working at the same pace, right? Because when right, you're and, multitasking, yeah. you're not working at the same pace. So it did slow me down a little bit. And, um, he didn't buy the product. He didn't take the recommendation. And, you know, that really started to eat at me. <laughs> I was like, you know, um, what we provide has a lot of value. And um, there's a reason why he came to me because I took the time, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, where another pharmacy may not be taking that time. So that day I decided that I was going to come up with something. I didn't know what. Um, but I was going to come up with something and we were just going to have to start training our patients, start training people that walked in. So what I decided was we were going to do, so the pharmacist that's on duty can do five minute consultations, things that they think they can answer in five minutes or less. And that's going to have a, a fee associated with it. And I don't know if we can discuss that here, so I'm not going to mention the money. Right. But um, so, you know, we have a way. So we explain to patients that when we get reimbursed by insurance, that is to make sure that that prescription is accurate and appropriate for that person, um, that we've checked for drug interactions and that kind of thing. And then we counsel patients on that prescription drug product so that they do or don't do whatever they're supposed to do to get the most out of that product. It doesn't cover all the other stuff. We don't, we don't get paid for anything else that we do. So if patients have questions outside of that, then that's what we charge for. So the pharmacists can do those quick consultations um, on the fly and they get rung up at the register. However, if, um, you know, the pharmacist is like, that's going to be longer than like our five minute consultation, then you're going to have to make an appointment on our website. And so on our website is um, a tab and it's called Ask Dr. Deborah. I've, so, been, I've been there. I've seen it. It's impressive. Uh, let me let me ask you to go back just a step or two. How sure. long how long ago did you have that experience that you just related? I mean, was that two years ago, five years ago? About how long ago? About two. It was about two years ago when I had just finally had enough. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes that's what it takes. You just have to have that resonating moment. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. Ah, that's great. So now go on and, and talk about your, your website and your tab. Yeah. So um, last summer, I developed um, with a lot of looking at other websites, a lot of other services, you know, I developed what I thought with um, my current web developer, I just called them up and said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Is this something you can help me with? Because it's, it's my pharmacy site. Or um, do I have to go find an outside vendor? And they were very um, appreciative uh, of asking that. And, um, you know, because it's going to require a scheduling function and all these kind of things. And it requires a payment function. 
So when you make your appointment, you pay when you make your appointment and it's non-refundable. So let's stop on that. So people pay on the website and they book an appointment for a specific amount of time with some indication what they want to do, as I recall, but they pay and, and that's a non-refundable payment. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Keep, okay. Keep going. And, um, you know, I will allow them if they have to, you know, reschedule or something, you know, I will allow that. Um, but the reason why I did it that way is because in doing MTMs and that kind of thing with like outcomes and Marixa in the past, right. I had a lot of people that no showed. Um, I had just as many people show up as didn't show up. And in order to provide that service, you know, I had to have someone staff my pharmacy and be the pharmacist. So that I could go and meet with these patients uninterrupted. So I couldn't, you know, and granted, I always have work to do. When you're a business owner, you're always busy. So if someone didn't show up, it wasn't that huge of a deal. I just went and did something else. But with my future, you know, I don't want that to be the case. Um, You know, my time is valuable and my knowledge is valuable. And, you know, I don't, I know things are going to come up, but, and I've also seen it with shots. Um, people just won't show up. I've had about a 30% rate of people not show up for their COVID vaccination. And if you think about it, there's no downside to them, right? There's no cost, there's no nothing. So, you know, we have stopped pulling up all of our doses for the day. Um, we stop at like 60 or 70% until we see how many people actually don't show up or do show up. Interesting. 30% no show on the COVID shot, huh? Uh, based on our scheduling, yes, it's about 30%. Uh, on average, it's about 30% of people don't show up when they schedule. doesn't mean they don't schedule another appointment or anything like that. It's just that particular day they didn't come for whatever reason. So, I mean, with your with your menu of services, again, we don't want to talk about prices, but um, I, I guess listeners could go to your website, which is what? What's your website? So my website is www.yorkvillerx, that's Y-O-R-K-V-I-L-L-E-R-X.com. Okay, and, so they, they can go there and see that, but tell us a little yep. bit about what the options are uh, there. So um, if you think about, I just had this happen. I had somebody through Facebook send me a message and said, hey, my, my father-in-law's meds are kind of all messed up and we think there's something going on. If I get you a list, can you look at them? And before I had this set up, you know, what I would probably would have said, yeah, bring it by the pharmacy, drop it off. When I get time, I'll look at it. Um, you know, there wouldn't have been anything else involved. Well, now my response is, yeah, we can look at it. Um, you can go to my website and make an appointment and we can do it. And they were like, okay. And they did it. And, um, it was a very fruitful discussion. I pointed out certain things. Um, I did run a little long. They scheduled a 15 minute appointment. I've got to do better personally myself. Um, at setting my boundaries. Um, But, you know, after it, I sent them some information and said, you know, this was just kind of the surface level stuff. And, you know, if you want to dig a little deeper, you know, we'll have to make a longer appointment next time. And the the results of of an interview like that uh, um, 
I mean, it's mostly expressions of gratitude or do people transfer their prescriptions? Do they walk out with an OTC? I mean, what's the, what's the side effects? All of the above. So um, I think this particular individual actually ended up purchasing four different things that I had recommended. Um, he needed a lot of different things. And, you know, sometimes they will transfer their prescriptions if they haven't already been getting their prescriptions there. Uh, they definitely see the value now in sitting down and talking with a pharmacist. Um, and I also do more than just that. I've also been studying functional medicine. So that kind of gives you an idea of, um, I think medicines definitely have a place. Um, but um, when I had patients so that were on 15 and 18 medications and they really weren't getting any better, they were just getting worse. I right. decided I needed to dig a little deeper. Um, so I'm actually, you know, studying functional medicine now in a, um, actual program an educational program. And so a lot of my counseling has been geared more to that. Well, and, and I would assume that the term polypharmacy comes to mind. I'm not sure if that's exactly it, but I, I suspect you end up taking people off of medications just as a function of the of the review, irregardless of the nutritional or, or natural supplements that you do, you're just reorganizing, getting people off of prescriptions, right? I mean, that would be the goal, you know, and then you're kind of like, wait, she owns an independent pharmacy. Why would she want to do that? Yeah. Well, um, well, number one, let's just be honest. Um, nobody's killing it. <laughs> Killing prescriptions um, <laughs> these days. If you've looked at some of the margins, um, so I don't even look at margins anymore. I stopped looking at them. They depressed me. They got me very discouraged. Um, I, you know, I'm all for advocacy. I'm all for laws. I'm all for everything. But that's just not. I'm just not. I'm not a person that can like beat my head up against the wall and not get anywhere. We definitely need those people that are fighting for that. So I'm very thankful you know, for NCPA and some other advocacy groups that are fighting on the legal side to help us out. Um, but I've got to see results. I've got to see action. And um, it actually came from my own personal issues um, medically that I saw myself going down the wrong road. I was very stressed out. And I was like, whoa, I've got to get a handle on this. Um, and I just got tired of, you know, going to the doctor and being told everything was fine. But I knew everything wasn't fine. I knew how I felt. I knew something was going on. Um, but in traditional medicine standards, you know, we we want to put Band-Aids on things. But if we started about 10 years prior, we could actually keep from getting people to certain diseases. So that's what my main focus is. Um, I still do a lot with medicines and medicines aren't going away. Um, but for those patients who are like, I'm just on too many medicines and I want to come up with a program to come off of them. You know, we've got to change some things in our life before that's going to happen. So that's kind of what I want to focus on. That hasn't been always what I'm doing right now. I do what the patient needs or what the patient wants because the patient's who's in charge, right? Yeah. Um, I can talk to them till I'm blue in the face, but if they, if they don't have a certain mindset, I have to meet them where they are. Hey, let's take a quick break and listen to a message from our sponsor. 
Hey, Pharmacy Crossroad listeners, this is Bruce Neeland, breaking in with a quick shout out to our major sponsor, the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, or better known as CPA. The people, programs, and services at CPA are dedicated to the success of independent community pharmacy, and their sponsorship of this program is one way they demonstrate that commitment. And I'm proud to share with you one more way they do that. Recently, I was delighted to read a press release from the Community Pharmacy Enhanced Services Network, or CPESN, letting the industry know that CPA had just become the first national sponsor of the Flip the Pharmacy initiative. Wow, Pharmacy Crossroads is happy to share this news with you. You can learn more about the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance or CPA at compliantrx.com. Once again, that's compliantrx.com. Now back to our program. That I, I want to go back to, I, 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 don't, I don't know whether we call it the aha moment or some stuff that has happened progressively after the aha moment, but the very notion that you would have somebody come in and ask you a question and for you to say, yeah, go to my website and book an appointment and pay. That 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 had to happen. How did that happen? I mean, that's that's a remarkable uh attitudinal paradigm shift or whatever. I would how did that happen? And did people laugh at you a couple times or what tell us about that? Well um, for starters, I mean, my pharmacy, I think, is average. Um, it's pretty busy. Um, you know, so to actually be able to spend time with someone and actually meet their needs in a longer than just short prescription questions, it's just not possible in the pharmacy environment that I'm at. It's just not possible. Um, so, you know, I felt like, oh, that person really needs attention. Um, but I can't, you know, tell Mrs. Jones, I'm sorry, you've got to wait an hour because I need to go talk to Mrs. Smith and really get down deep, right? It, we're, we live in a me, 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 me society, right? So um, so that was kind of the first thing is I really saw the need and I really saw patients uh, need this. And I had patients who want to actually use me, but they can't because, their insurance requires them to use mail order or their insurance requires a narrow network or something like that um, so that they have to go to a CVS or some other pharmacy. Um, but those pharmacies aren't meeting their needs. They can't get somebody on the phone to talk to them. They can't, um, you know, have a discussion for 15 minutes about something. Um, so, I saw the writing on the wall too about the reimbursements just aren't what they used to be. And they just keep squishing, squishing, squishing. And so I'm like, you know, I'm, there is a service that needs to be provided for patients. And yes, providing prescriptions is one service. Okay. So, you know, there's already something be, there's already reimbursement for that. But there is no reimbursement for these extra things, this handholding, these questions like, I really think I'm going to five doctors and I really feel like something's not right, but I don't even know where to start. 
because, you know, in, in general medicine, they have to see 35 patients a day. <laughs> um, yeah. to even break even. Um, so they don't have the time to spend with patients that certain patients may require. Now, this service is not for everyone. It absolutely isn't. But I also, um, you know, had to pick and choose. And, um, you know, if you need the extra attention, then you're going to have to pay to have the extra attention. It's not saying that I don't do some pro bono things here and there. That is, that's not what I'm saying. But um, my mind and my knowledge and my time has value. And those are the people we're trying to reach. And and I mean, that's a message I, I really want our listeners to pay attention to. Uh, so, I mean... I, I don't want to get anything to terribly proprietary, but do you have one paying appointment a day, one a week? What, I mean, what's the, what's the scale of this? Um, it varies. Um, some weeks uh, is the appointment after appointment. Um, some weeks there's aren't anything. Um, you know, it just kind of varies. And I basically have just started doing this. I have not marketed it yet. Okay. Um, what I have now is just word of mouth. Okay. Um, because basically there were other things that were happening in the pharmacy world, right? So I had to Jeez. figure out the whole testing. And then once testing kind of got off the ground and I pushed that on to my employees, you know, then vaccines came and we had to figure that all out, you know, so. You know, this has all been happening in the background. I mean, this was my original plan, but then COVID hit. So I'm still moving my original plan, but, you know, it has gotten a little bit sidetracked because, again, I do have an existing business that yeah. I have to make sure still runs while I'm building this other business. I don't ever see me just doing one or the other. Um, you know, maybe when I retire. I'll just do the one, but I, I just saw the need. And I also saw that I had to stop putting all of my uh, eggs in just the straight up prescription basket. Um, well, mainly due to narrow networks. I think that's the biggest thing because patients want to, I mean, when they have to choose, they always want to choose the independent pharmacy, but their insurance doesn't give them a choice. Right. Well, I mean, you know, a little bit of my perceptional bias based on my experience there, you know, the notion of just doing that, I, I, my experience is, is that a percentage of your patients will do something like this. And, and I would say it's a small percentage. And I can never remember from high school algebra, the not numerator or the denominator, but if you're going to have 5% of your your patients doing it, you want to have thousands of patients. So I, I, I am a believer that, uh, you know, that the pharmacist and pharmacy needs to have prescriptions and needs to be filling prescriptions. And then this stuff spins off from that. Um, would you argue for or against that? Um, I can see it both ways. I know plenty of um, practitioners who are doing what I'm doing completely virtually. They don't even have a brick and mortar building. Um, now, for me, it's logical. It's logical to start, you know, with my patients because I already have something existing established and build from there. Um, 
But like you said, this isn't going to be for every patient. It's not. I didn't know how testing was going to happen either. Um, But I was like, wow, they don't even balk at it. You know, they're like, nope, I need it and I need it today. And, you know, again, we provide them um, with a bill and they go to their insurance. And if the insurance pays them fine, but like I said, the highest reimbursement I think I've seen is still... $20 less than it cost me to purchase the test. Hmm. So speaking of uh, tests, we've got the COVID ones. I mean, are you doing some of the other classic point of care testings, flu and strep or anything else that you fit into the queue? Yeah, I have. um, I do have them already um, because they came with my kit. I've done a few when I've recommended it based on their COVID test being negative. Um, I actually have a model that I have gotten a practitioner to agree to see patients virtually. Um, But basically, we're probably going to focus on that more for this coming fall. Um, But my goal would be to kind of be a one-stop shop. You could, you know, we recommend that you need in the COVID, I mean, the strep or the flu test. And, and if it comes back positive, then we, you know, call the practitioner that we have virtually and um, integrate that um, so that, again, you would be able to consult with the practitioner, which I think is even better than the virtual options that are out there because, you know, we, we will be able to see you. We will be able to touch you, feel you, that kind of thing. And then, you know, we're kind of talking to the practitioner just as the patient is, and then be able to get that prescription if that's what's necessary. So that is something that we're moving toward and I'm kind of halfway there. Um, We haven't worked out all the details, but I basically, I think I was surprised it was going to be easy to find a practitioner. (laughs) So I was like, oh yeah, you want to? Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go find someone who's already done this so I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I'm a really, yeah. really, really, really good copier. I'm not a very good originator, um, but I can see something else that's a good idea and um, not reinvent it. So I'm very big on collaboration, and I certainly want to help anyone else who um, needs help, which is one of the reasons why I developed the Independent Pharmacy Facebook group. Um, because I just wanted to be able to talk to people about, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. What are y'all's thoughts? What are some downsides? What are some positive sides? What are things that I haven't thought about? And that's been very helpful. Well, and you know, that's throughout my career. I've, I've, I've espoused this notion of you want to be a fast second rather than a clumsy first. Um, (laughs) you know, there's a, you know, there's that classic picture of the, of the uh, pioneer with the arrows in his back, um, you know, back in the Indian War days, and you know, the notion is, you, if you if you come second, uh, somebody else has made all the mistakes and cleared all the hurdles. So, um, I, I'm a proponent of that. You you've mentioned uh, practitioners a couple times. I mean, wh- what has the I guess every response possible, but have you had much pushback from the doctors from in the area in your about you getting into this kind of stuff? Um, if they have, nobody said it to my face, so I don't know. Um, however, I do know that there are some practitioners who have told patients here, you need to go to Yorkville pharmacy and talk to Deborah. So, um, 
they definitely know that their patients that need extra attention, they know where to send them. Um, so um, I haven't heard anything negative, but you know, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Even if there was anything negative, it doesn't matter because, you know, I've got, I've got an obligation to myself, to my family, um, to my employees and to my patients to make sure that we stay a fixture in our community. Um, and some days before, I was like, I just don't know how we're going to make it. Um, there have been years where I was just like, I just don't know how we're going to make it. I mean, you can only cut so much and work 80 hours a week and you can't keep that up. Um, now I don't think like that anymore. I don't think like that. I'm like, we're going to figure it out. And I'm not, you know, because we have diversified our income now, still, this is still a very small percentage of, uh, the actual revenue that we generate, but it's because, um, the cost of prescriptions is so dang expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but if you look at margin, I mean, this is a hundred percent margin when it's my services, right? I mean, it's, it's my brain. It's, you know, it's, it's very close other than, you know, computer equipment and that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'm not talking about those kind of things, but there's no product. There's no product involved. The gross, the gross profit is quite good, although the net profit may be uh, a, a little bit less than that. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated. I've seen a couple YouTube videos, TED Talks on this, this notion of um, grit. Have, have you heard the word grit used before and understand what that kind of means? Um. Man, you might have to refresh my memory. Well, on that. The, the idea is, is that they've kind of done some sociological studies on on what the, the primary success factor is of people. And um, the fancy word that they've come up with is grit. Uh, it just means no matter what happens, you keep going. And, uh, you know, you just kind of uh, 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 said that a little while ago with you don't care you're doing something you're moving forward and you're going to make it happen and that's kind of kind of the what the word grit means i'm i'm impressed and and i would just point that out to our listeners is that um you know one of the things we're hearing here from deborah is keep thinking keep planning keep trying and um something's going to work out I would definitely say if you're not trying something new, then you're not going to make it. You know, I, I just, I have that feeling. I, I can easily see, I don't know how many years, but I think in my lifetime, we might actually see prescription dispensing, you know, be totally automated or totally something. I mean, I hope it doesn't come to that, but I think it will. So what do these pharmacists, what will they do? Well, you've got to provide something that people still want and people still need the connections. People still need, you know, someone to take the time. Now, not, I mean, you're 30 year old with birth control pills. She doesn't need my services. She doesn't, right. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I'll, you know, I'll say she doesn't. I mean, she probably does if she's, you know, vitamin B deficient because of the birth control pills. She'll need my services in about five or 10 years. Um, but um, 
are definite subset of population that as we get older, they just need more attention. So, you know, that's what we're trying to meet. And, 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 you know, I think it is one of the foundations of the, of the profession is the personal relationship, the ability to know the person, know their medications, know the circumstances and come up with the encouragement, the information, the monitoring, the cajoling to get people to move forward. And, you know, there's this saying that we often hear is, you know, we we need education, we need education. And yeah, people need to know, but, uh, you know, I like to say, I know I shouldn't eat that second brownie, but I will. And um, what it takes is somebody coaching me and helping me to come up with the willpower to uh to do what i need to do and i i think that's exactly what you're doing here and and i'm impressed and and we are coming to the end of our of our time here together this morning i i would ask is there any last piece of advice or suggestion you would make to your peers um based on what we've talked about here today I would say keep moving and changing, even if it's at a slow pace. So you've got to start somewhere. And some weeks I would get a lot done with the website and trying to develop it and trying to come up with the fee schedule and thinking about how I was going to offer it. And some weeks I wouldn't get anything done because there was a fire at the pharmacy and I had to go put it out, et cetera, et cetera. But I never got discouraged. As soon as I could pick it back up again, I picked it back up and I moved it a little further. If you don't develop something, even if it's small steps, then you'll be in the same place a year from now. Even if you're not where you want to be a year from now, if you've taken steps to get where you want to be, then that's the right direction. So that's what I could say is just small baby steps and don't get overwhelmed. Just do something to get you towards your goal, whatever that might be. Sounds like a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, right? Absolutely. Hey, Dr. Bowers, thank you so much. Um, uh, Pharmacy Crossroads listeners, this has uh, been another exceptional uh, episode. I'm, I'm just constantly amazed by the remarkable things that you and your peers are doing. I hope this provides you with some encouragement and direction that will help you uh, do more and be better. And with that, this is Bruce Neeland signing out for Pharmacy Crossroads. Have a great day. With more than 2,000 member pharmacies in 45 states, the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, or CPA, is America's premier group purchasing and pharmacy management organization. If you are looking for new, more, or better ways to run a profitable pharmacy, then you might want to talk with someone at CPA. Find out more at compliantrx.com or better yet, send an email to sales at compliantrx.com. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit pharmacycrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.